Today's episode of Savvy Citizen is a special collaboration with the Gaston County Public Libraries podcast, Gaston Speaks. I'll let Angelique and Andrew take it away. Hello, this is Angelique with the Gaston County Public Library, here with Andrew Pierce, Adam Gobb, and Elizabeth McGee from Savvy Citizen. Well, Andrew's with us, obviously. He is our librarian supervisor of adult services. And we are here today to do a little collaboration for our podcast. And we're just going to... We're just going to talk about the library podcast, about the library, about Gaston County, and we'll see what happens. All right. Do y'all want to just go ahead and introduce yourselves and what you do? We can start with Adam. Sure. So I've been with the county for almost three years. I uh, started in February of 2020. So I had about a week or two to kind of like get my feet underneath me and was about enough time to get get my laptop from IT. And then it was like, congratulations, here comes COVID. Press conferences, shutdowns. This will be great. You've never done this before, but, you know, let's just dive into the deep end with no floaties on and then, you know, have fun. Um, So, yeah, I run the county's communications department. Um, We've grown a little bit over the last three years. Um, We have a deputy communications director that we actually stole from the library. Um, So thank you for her, uh, D'Andrea Bradley. And then um, we hired Joshua Braswell out of the fellowship program. Uh, So he actually... um, talking about the podcast, he serves as the producer for the Savvy Citizen podcast. So he does all the technical stuff. He does a lot of the booking for us as well. Um, so it's uh, we have a really good team. Um, but the the rest of the team that we work with on Savvy Citizen comes out of the, the budget and strategy office, and that's where Elizabeth comes in. Yeah. So I'm Elizabeth McGee, and I'm a budget analyst. I've been with the county for about a year and a half now. Um, and when Janet, the budget director, said, Here's your next assignment. <laughs> it's going to be a podcast. I thought, well, that's not what I expected. <laughs> but really, when you got into county government, what did you expect? I you mean, know, you, you do have an MPA, so there is that. <laughs> yeah. I think I expected a lot more Excel spreadsheets. Mm. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I get my feet wet with some Excel spreadsheets <laughs> every single day, but uh, I get to take a break by podcasting, which is pretty cool. <laughs> we make two jokes in our profession. Um, one, they didn't teach you this in library school. Mm. <laughs> to be a professional librarian, you have to have your MLS. And the other is um, that other duties as assigned yes. is oh. now 50% of my job. Oh, you yes. know, yeah. yeah. The well, actual I, job description doesn't really match. I just it. had my performance review, and it was a lot of other duties as yeah. assigned. Yeah. Well, it's funny because it's like with, with human resources, they have like the, the JAQ, which is basically like you, you list out what you're supposed to do for your duties and like what the percentage of the time is. And most of my staff, I kind of joke with that. It's like we put down rough outlines. They're like, you know, any given week or any given month, like this could be totally upside down or it could be something that's not even on here because yeah, right. that's just what happens. I think a lot of our jobs are pretty seasonal. Well, at least I'm speaking for me in the budget office. It's really seasonal work. I mean, we're busy all year round because when we're not in active budget planning season, you know, we're looking at like strategic planning. We're looking at um, all this other stuff. We get a bunch of projects handed down from the manager's office like, hey, look into X, Y, Z thing. So it's kind of cool to be able to like throw the podcast into some of our downtime. Well, and for us, like our job is a little bit like firefighters. Like we're we're definitely like we're chilling at the at the station. We're putting projects together. We're you know putting paint on the outside of the building, and then it's like oh dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's a little bit like our week sometimes. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. We sometimes have fires here. We've we've had fires. You had literal fires. We yep. actually we were the one of the first buildings or one of the first departments to ban smoking. 
um, before it became a countywide ban because people were throwing their cigarettes into the um, like the brush, and we we had several fire. Angelique is our firefighter extraordinaire. Oh, nice! You put out a fire. We yeah. didn't have a, a bottle few. of water in yeah. our office. That's just, that's like what do you what did you what does it say? Old fashioned fire oh, extinguisher. Old fashioned fire wow. extinguisher. Because <laughs> the fire department like they they kind of got tired of having to come out because it was it would be little, but it would get in the mulch and it yeah. would start smoking right. yeah. and stuff. Yeah, so, that's yeah. really really not good. We we kind of joked that we we are. Uh, um, we're librarians, but we're also show social workers and firefighters and all sorts of other things too. So yeah, yeah. I, yeah. How, how do you how do you get measured on that in your performance review? It's like, well, you put out seven fires this year. I think I actually put that in one of your PAs that year. I like, put I, it when we, it was during our internship for library school. I put it in like our internship log. Yes, I put out a fire. That's I have like right. a picture of like the fire extinguisher or like the bottle and. Yeah, I added it to the um, portfolio. <laughs> no one can say you don't give yeah. 110%. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's that's the thing they say about government employees. They're passionate. Mm. They are. They are, definitely. <laughs> they have definitely. to be. So how long have the two of you been at the, the library? Wow. Um, you've been, you start first. You've been here a long time. So I started as a page um, in October of 2007. Okay. And I was a page for about five years, like through college and a little bit after. And then I got a part time position at a branch for like a year. And then I was um, full time after that in like 2014. I've been at this at the main library since then. But my position has changed a little bit. I was an assistant and then I became like a technician and now I'm a librarian. So, so what is what does a page do? Shelf books mostly. OK. Yeah. So literally hands on pages. Yes, basically. <laughs> Yeah, we have five of them, and and they stay pretty busy because we have a lot of stuff come through. Um, we still circulate around. Post pandemic's a little different, but let's say seven hundred fifty thousand physical items per year. That's a lot. Wow. And fifty percent of that come out of this building, so we're the only building that has pages. But that's because it's literally hundreds of thousands of things that have yeah. been shelved over mm -hmm. the course of a year. So, um, yeah. So yeah, Angelique has been here. Has been here a long time. I started in twenty twelve. Um, at a branch, we actually kind of crossed over there, and then I came to the main library, and I was a clerk, and then a tech, and then a supervisor, and then last year we actually um, we took our old circulation section and our old reference section, and we kind of combined them. Um, we were kind of doing parallel things, and so it made sense. We peeled two employees off, and they are now our local history and genealogy sections. We actually have a dedicated staff specifically for that because it's such a niche here for our patrons. Um, and now we're the uh, adult services section. So speaking of PAs, I had 20 this year. That was that was a lot <laughs> the day of, yeah. Yeah, I have from, from the Savvy Citizen um, – episode release schedule because we're recording a bunch of episodes kind of in, in a three-day stretch. We we just spoke yesterday to Jane and talked to her about um, kind of the genealogy project and um, just kind of the work that she and Brian have been doing. And uh, I mean, I learned a ton of stuff about the resources that the library has available. Yeah. And she's got some really cool personal stories. Mm -hmm. Like if you don't know those personal stories, you got to go talk to her. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That That's a, it's such a, we have so many people who ask about that. And and we actually have like the ancestry databases where you can come and use them for free here. So the resources that people maybe can't afford or they don't want to pay for it, there's just so many things. And our, our North Carolina collection is just rich with all yeah. sorts of cool local oh, she, resources. She 100% convinced me to sign up for a library card. And oh, it's God. my mission after we're done recording this podcast that I'm going to go get a Gaston County library card. Yes. Wow. I love it. I yeah, love it. I'm going to do it. I brought my ID and everything. Awesome. Awesome. We like to hear those stories. So 
love to hear those stories. But yes, yeah, so we um the podcasting thing kind of came about. There was a grant, right, that we didn't get. So <laughs> so what happened was I went to NCLA in twenty nineteen. Okay. And I went to a um a session about podcasting from who it was run by Dr. Curtis Rogers, who used to work for the South Carolina State Library, mm-hmm. and he had a podcast there. I think it was called Library Voices. And I came back here, and we've been talking about a podcast off and on before that, but um, I was tasked with trying to get a grant for podcasting equipment and stuff like that. We didn't get it, but mm-hmm. um, the budget I created was enough, was low enough that we were able to just go ahead and get the equipment yeah. anyway. And then in February of 2020, I was able to put out the first episode. Same thing. February 2020, yeah. we were yeah. ready to hit the ground running, and then the world went to nowhere. So <laughs> yeah. um, it was. Uh, she did a lot of recording and stuff from her like living room and stuff during that time, just to try to keep up with stuff. I know. Just in my role, like we ended up tapping a lot of folks from the library from different departments to help us um, when we had the shutdown order, like manning hotlines. Um, yeah, I mean, it, so I, I know that the, the library staff was incredibly helpful. I mean, you guys still had to do your jobs too, but, you know, because things changed and some of the buildings were closed for a while, um, your willingness to jump in and help with other things that like, were kind of like, we're just flying by the seat of our pants and just trying to get this done and trying to help the community. Yeah, that, uh, I will say that hotline, I still have some, some nightmares from, from the, uh, Stay at home order hotline. I feel oh, no. like I feel like we should have made like T-shirts. It's like you know my PTSD is due to the hotline. Or- <laughs> we should. Well, in the first like week, we had a we had a COVID scare in our section, and we didn't know what to do. So everyone just got sent home while they were awaiting the results. And during that time, the complete shutdown happened, so they stayed at home. So I was having to do it from like my cell phone at home, and it was just ringing and ringing and ringing. It was it was it was crazy. Wow. I'm glad we were able to provide that though, because it definitely helped a lot of people. Um, and then literally the next day, I think the state one came in, so it was mm-hmm. kind of yeah, it was it was interesting. Well, it's like we had that, and then fast forward almost a year later when we launched um, the vaccines, we had to do another hotline oh, right. getting signed up, getting people signed up for vaccines, and that. Um, I, I was talking to, uh, I forget his name, but the guy in IT that does primarily the phone service. And he's like, you basically broke our phone lines because we had like 23,000 calls in the first day. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Tim. Yes. Tim. Yes. Tim. Yeah. He called me that more that first morning and it was like 630 and I see a number. I'm like, oh, I got to answer it. I've just mm-hmm. gotten up and, and I was like, uh, COVID, um, something hotline. <laughs> Tim's like, it's me, Andrew. You're fine. I'm just making sure it's working. I was like, oh, thank God. Cause, uh, but yeah, that was, we, that we definitely, um, we got creative too during COVID. I mean, we started the curbside service here because we really, for a long time there, we couldn't get people in the building. And we, like the first day we did curbside, we did more business than like an average at that time period because people were kind of didn't know what was going to happen. And that's, by the way, that curbside service still remains. People can actually, we now have a new library app called my Libro. They can literally schedule their curbside. We put it out on table, they pick it up. And, um, so while the pandemic was rough for all of us, there were some cool things that came out of that, um, and some permanent services, including the podcast. Um, but yeah, when we didn't get the grant, our former director, Laurel said, you know what? I like it. We're going to do it. We're going to, and so we slowly kind of built it up. Um, for a long time. So we have a podcasting studio now. We just went through uh, some renovations here at the main library and it's beautiful and podcasting studio is wonderful, but the four of us can't fit in there. So we're back (laughs) to our old setup with um, uh, utility blankets clipped to uh, uh, hang up. I like it. It's it's a little bit like kind of like camping almost. (laughs) 
But I used to, the joke was, I was like, how do you record your podcast? We hunker down under dirty blankets. They're yeah. not dirty, I promise. That was, that was just to, to up up right. the effect of, right. of us doing that. Um, but it was because of the success of the podcast that when we were talking about those renovations, I remember I was in that meeting and our, our current director, Susan, was like, can we build a podcasting studio? And the, the folks from Public Works were like, why not? Let's do it. And nice. so it's it's really cool to how some of those conversations happened and how we went from we're going to try this, we'll see if it works, to to having a permanent space, not only for us, but for our patrons, which is really cool, too. So what are your favorite types of podcasts to do? Um, for Well, the ones that we do, we really like the We're Booked Up ones, yeah. mm-hmm. where we like read a book, and then me, Andrew, and a um, friend of ours, Kendall, who used to work here and is now just sort of a volunteer, we talk about the book that we read and whether we liked it or not. I and mean, they usually get pretty rowdy sometimes. Nice. So, yeah. They always go on for like an hour. and, and um, But it's been a lot of fun because it does go back to our core mission of we are a resource for those types of things. So yeah. it, it kind of gets that literary part of it. But I always joke because it, it is funny. We laugh a lot and there's a lot of inside jokes. There's times where like we just look at each other and laugh. And I'm sure the people listening are like, I don't understand what's, <laughs> what's wrong funny. with them. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I, a couple of episodes ago, I said, I had someone ask me, this was a true story. I had someone ask me, hey, what do you guys like? Like when the, when the recording's not going on, I'm like, pretty much like this. Mm. This is these, <laughs> this is how we interact, which is why it is a lot of fun to do that. And then we, um, you do a, a, a coming soon report. Yeah, so. that's that's the monthly one that I try to do every month just to have something on the podcast. And that's uh, stuff that's coming to the library that people are able to check out. So it's kind of like a preview of all the big titles that are coming in. Um, and then I am, I'm a huge film buff and I have no life. And so I'm, I like an awards guru. And so Angelique has um, graciously allowed me to rant about four times a year about like my Oscar predictions and stuff. So that's kind of fun. And again, we get to tie in, hey, and this movie's available. You can check it out and come see it. So it always ties back to what we do at the library. Um, and then we do those history minutes, right? Yeah. Those are cool. Yeah. We get uh, either Zena, one of our adult services librarians, or Brian was last time he did the um, library history one that I put up the last time oh so cool they write me like a little script and i'll just read it out and then edit it and post it so, so. it's like a couple minutes but it's, it highlights something cool in local history yeah um so like there was that flood in mccadenville in like yep. what 1916 we yeah. did that one yeah. um like said like she said brian did a really cool one where he went through the history of the gaston county public library so that's our re- most recent history minute um we're always though looking for new things we have some staff members at some of our branch locations that have sort of um, said, you know, I want to try something. Let's do something. So I think that's where our next really expansion is, is to mm. bring in other staff people who have these creative ideas. We had one Karen who works at our uh, Dallas branch. She did like a ghost story one, a North Carolina ghost story that was a lot of fun. Uh, we love a spooky story. We have an annual Halloween spooktacular episode where we just let ourselves get really creative. Yeah, <laughs> it's way outside the box. <laughs> but sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's different and fun. So we're, we're looking forward to that. And then... Um, for our history minutes, I kind of want to do this year coming up. So 2023 is uh, the 40th anniversary of our Friends of the Library group. So we have a nonprofit arm that's a separate organization, but that every dime that they raise, they do the annual book sale that people love and line up for. And um, it goes back to the library in some form. They have renovated branches. They put in our CERC desk up here. They bought um, the chairs you're sitting in. They bought those, and they're going to replace these tables. These look fine, just so you know, but if you start to move them, they're about to fall apart. So um, they're a really great organization. So I I thought it'd be cool for our history minutes to go through the history of that organization. Yeah. um, And it's 40 years. Um, And so... What I like about the podcast is, so one of the cool things, 
we have a really interesting audience base. So we have a lot right here. Most of our stuff, because you, you, she uses something called Podbean, and you can track where the downloads are coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have a lot. Most of it's in North Carolina. But then we also have like a consistent listener in Japan. There's oh. one in Kenya. There's Bolivia. Isn't there Bolivia or Colombia? No, um, South America. So last month, we had like 20 downloads from Spain. How randomly. random. Yeah. And then we had five from Belgium this month. And we've just had like random countries every once in a while, like the UK, um, <laughs> Mexico, uh, Bolivia, Russia, Kenya every once yeah. in a while. So, yeah, we just get little random international listers every once in a while. Do you think right. it has anything to do with like a particular book that you're previewing? Or? I think a lot of them. Some of them, I think, are mostly for his like movie uh-huh. um, Emmy and Oscar nomination okay. things. It's like TV and movies yeah, yeah. are more like that. And then... Um, some of it is for the, um, I think, we're booked up stuff because it's the media stuff that people can all over the world can relate to. Right. So. But I just, even if it's one person, I'm like, we're international. That's yeah. right. We're international. You're That's big time. Cool. Big time. Internationally reviewed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to say whether it's good or not. We're just, right. we are internationally reviewed. Right. Internationally reviewed. <laughs> Podcasting is such a cool medium, and it's something that a lot of people are are breaking into. And we actually got a cool opportunity at NCLA. We did a presentation; it was virtual, which I hated, but um, where we got to present about our podcasting experience. And Angelique went through like all the equipment, you know, all that stuff. I don't know what she's talking about, but it sounded really good. And so, because of that, other libraries in North Carolina are hopefully hopefully launching their own podcasts. So we kind of feel we kind of feel like not only. Did we get to do something cool here that's unique and it reaches a new audience? But then we're hoping that it expands and, and we're able to help other people in our profession because we're a very we're, we're a profession that how should I put this? Libraries when people find out what library everything that libraries do, they get really excited about it. Oh, I didn't know the library did that. I think our biggest issue is that people don't know that we do those things. Yep. Mm. And so anything that we can do to connect to new people, even people all over the world, um, to let people know what public libraries do for their communities is a really exciting thing. So for us to not only do it here, but to then to see other county libraries across North Carolina being able to to do the same thing was kind of cool. Uh, we got a lot of positive feedback on that presentation. Yeah. So I don't want to poach too much from from Brian's episode, but how far back does the history of the Gaston County Library go? Because obviously the county itself is 175 years, but how long have we had a library? I'm trying to think. Well, we've been in this building 44 years, I believe now. Um, It goes back. I'm trying to think exactly. She's looking it up, which is good. Um, It started in a dentist office. Mm-hmm. Really? There was a it dentist. started in the YMCA where the dentist office was. Right. Okay. That much. And the dentist there decided, and then... I think our first director was Lottie Blake, who um, moved it to that. There's in the building still exists on Second Avenue. There, there used to be a library there. I think we switched with the city. The city owned this land. We owned that building, so now the city. I don't know if the city still owns it. That was '78. Um, but so they, we switched with them, and then we, so we, we moved into that building. We're there for a long, long time. And then Barbara Hefner in the 1970s, she had this plan. So I can talk about it now because all the people who are involved are no longer with us. But she decided to never – so sometimes books have – we have finite amount of space. So sometimes when the book has reached its journey, it's time for it to go. And she refused to weed any items out, and she let it pile up on the floors. And she used that as a reason to ask the commissioners to say we needed a new library. So she basically <laughs> gamed them into into building this brand new library. Wow. And this oh, building but it was worked. Built. It worked. Kudos it worked. to her. She, uh, we opened the building. Two months later, she retired. That was her goal. As, wow. as soon as she got it done, she she retired. Um, I love a woman with a plan. Yeah. 
Yeah, and she had it. And she, I mean, apparently she went to every commissioner's meeting back in back in the 70s, and she just kept, she would not let it go. And she would bring pictures of, you know, look, we have no space and all this stuff. So she is the reason, may she rest in peace, she's the reason we have this library. Um, so we've been here 44 years, and in the first probably 38 of that, not one renovation or anything actually ever happened here. Wow. I mean, it was, we had original carpet and that kind of stuff, original wallpaper. And so a couple of years ago, the Friends really started it. And then our wonderful Gaston County Public Works Department took up the, the mantle. Um, we have renovated, I think, seven, no, eight branches. I think, no, seven of our um, nine branch locations. And then this building, we've been through several renovations. Um, so we finally have like newer carpet, newer paint and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, for about 38 years, it was the same. You could just, you could see the wallpaper was starting to peel and they had the original like shag carpet down in the basement from the seventies. But let me nice. tell you something, they made carpet back. That stuff lasted. Uh. <laughs> uh, they don't make it like that anymore. Um, so that's kind of exciting. It's, it's, it was interesting because you could tell for some folks when they started peeling off that wallpaper, it was kind of like, almost like sad because it felt like the history was going with it. But Aww. then when it got, when it came back and it looked nice, you're like, oh, this is so much better yeah. than what we had. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah, we've, the, the library has been in existence for, for many, many, uh, probably 70, 80 years at this point in some sort of form. Um, we opened a lot of our branches in the, in like the sixties, I believe. And well, we have so many branches. So most counties our size have like four larger libraries. We have 10 locations. It's because we have so many great little towns and cities throughout Gaston County. And when they started adding libraries, they wanted their own. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot. So we're the biggest one, the main library, and they have a lot of these smaller branch locations. Um, and then in 2001, two, we added our Union Road branch. And that was an effort um, from that community. That that south side of the county was growing. And they're like, we want a library. And so people donated land um, and, and rallied and, and got that built. So that was really exciting. And then um, I don't know when we opened our Ferguson branch. We have a branch in the Irwin Center, which is a city, city of Gastonia property um, in Highland. And that one came a little bit later as well. But Dr. Ferguson, I think, really spearheaded that at the time to make sure that that community had a place. Um, so yeah, we, we have 10 locations. We've been around for a long time. And I, I feel like we've done a really good job of reinventing ourselves. Uh, people always ask, are there still books? You know, so we have lots of books. There on will the shelf. always be books. There will always be books. But then we also have expanded like our, our online collection. So we have a really great um, ebook and e audio book collection and streaming film and things like that through Hoopla and through um, the North Carolina Digital Library through Libby. Um, so we've kept up with the times in a lot of ways. I think what this pandemic taught us is so when we closed down, obviously our e content numbers shot up um, for a couple months. And of course, our, our um, book numbers were flat because no one was in here. The second we started doing the curbside, it reversed. So even though people turned to that e-content, the second they were able to get their hands on a physical book again, they were just it, it, immediately that same reaction. I think, especially with like the online school and the Zoom meetings, if I never have to sit through another Zoom meeting, I don't know about you guys, again, <laughs> in my life, I would be happy. Um, what? You're saying you don't enjoy sitting there going... Tom, you're on mute. We can't hear you. What? No, the camera. No, it's breaking up. I, is it your internet? Is it mine? I... It was awful. I hate it. I, I mean, I, it was wonderful that we were able to do it and continue to have some sort of connection. But um, I have to run the Zoom for my Rotary Club too. And every, I just, I'm like, God, I'm so tired of this. Let's just all be here now. Um, but once, once people, I think they needed that physical. I think they were tired of screens and things, and so they were able to come back to that. Um, we also really happy we were able to start doing programs again. So a lot of people come to the library specifically for our various programs. We have everything from baby story time to senior tech talks. 
So, you know, one to 92 or whatever, you can come in and get a free program. We have so many cool, um, um, we call it Livature Library. So it's like author visits. We, uh, this tonight we have a, um, the second night of a reader's theater group. This is a local group. Um, and they, they literally they're on the stage and they just read this play, but it's hilarious and it's so much fun. So it's like free live theater which you can't get free anything nowadays. No. So, it's really cool. Um, we have movie nights. We have um, job fairs. We've connected with our Gaston Workforce Development Board, and we open up the space. Um, so it, it's a really cool space. And I always tell people there's a difference between space and place. Yeah, we're the space. We're the library. We circulate books. But I think we really become a community place mm-hmm. yeah. um, where people gather and they – um, like we, we had this wonderful, uh, sculpture called the pillar of enlightenment and it was great. It was from a really cool local artist named Juan Logan. Um, and he's a legend. I think he actually has an exhibit right now in the Duke art museum. And even though I'm a Carolina grad, I'm, I'm still supportive of him in that, <laughs> but we really wanted to reinvent our space and we were not curating it. It was a jungle gym. We found gum underneath it, you know? And so our Gaston County museum took it for it for, for us. And they now they cleaned it up and it's now on display and they can actually, people can go and see it. And then we, we, carpeted it over where it was it had this awful parquet floor that had started to not look good because it had been there for since like 94 no one really kept it up and we added like six or seven comfortable chairs and we didn't think anything of it they are almost constantly in use people just wanting to take a break under the skylight it's really great natural light um we've added study rooms so there's four study rooms in our podcast they are almost continuously in use people wanting that space so it's it's the library definitely in its many many decades has continually reinvented itself and i think this gaston speaks podcast is a huge part of that too being able to continue to connect and it gives me a place to like vent and you know <laughs> Talk about my favorite movies, and I, I always enjoy stuff like that. But it, but connect with different audiences, and it's all thanks to this one. She's quiet, but she and she doesn't give herself enough credit. She knew nothing about it. She bought the equipment. She taught herself how to record. Taught herself how to edit. With really, I mean, just took classes, did all sorts of stuff, and made it happen. So I, I just talk, and then I leave, and then she does all the work. Yeah, was, <laughs> before we started Savvy Citizen, I was picking Angelique's brain about, like, what would you guys get for equipment, and how are you doing this? So, yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things that, that struck me that um, when you're talking about the renovation, um, to see that now where you've got the rooms and they're in use, that's got to be a good feeling. Because anytime you do a renovation, it's like, did we get it right? Did we add the things that the, the community was looking for until like almost immediately, because it hasn't been that long since the, the renovation has been complete, right. to have those being used. And then you guys are actually doing almost like a podcast tutorial if people want to start a podcast. Mm-hmm. So yeah. What does that look like? Um, so over the summer, I applied for another grant and I managed to get it to buy more equipment for public use and for staff use. Um, so we have a public use podcast kit that can be used here in the library in our podcast booth. And if a patron wants to learn how to use it, they can um, do a book a librarian, which is another um, service we offer for patrons who want to know how to u- learn to use their own devices, like personal devices, uh, laptops, cell phones, things like that. Sure. And they can book a book a librarian session with me and I'll teach them how to use the, um, what we have is a Zoom H6 recorder, like, like what we have here. Mm-hmm. And then we have like two microphones, two headphone sets, and then they can just go in our podcast booth and record whatever they want. For That's awesome. Yeah. She also so. did some uh, podcast 101 courses, like bigger classes across um, the system. We had them in several branches over the course of September as we rolled, and then we rolled it out in October. Um, and we even had staff-specific ones that were staff yeah. members who wanted to know 
how to do it. And so we had staff just for staff training sessions as well. So those were really popular, well attended. Um, I, I do like the one where at the end of, I probably shouldn't say this. I'm going to say it anyway. At the end of one of them, someone said, now what is a podcast? It was like the end of the, the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what exactly are we talking about? <laughs> and I think it was, they, they got everything else, but they just, the actual definition of what they were talking about, but that, that was funny. But um, so yeah, she's done a lot of legwork to make this successful. And um, I really like the idea that people can start using the library for their own, because podcasting is so popular and it's so pervasive. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm sure there are a lot of people who are like, you know what? I have some thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I want to share them with the world, but I don't want to buy all this equipment. Now I can just go to the library, rent out a room, and do it. Yeah. Um, and that's really exciting. I don't know if we've had anyone yet do it. Not that I'm aware Not of. Not that no. I'm aware of, but it'll build. It'll yeah. build. Yeah. yeah, especially we talk about the study rooms. We had to, like, we had to remove several ranges, and we had to start at the other end of the library and move every single book down. Uh, like, weed out some stuff and then move it down. And so when he got to the end, I was like, these better be worth it. Right. Because <laughs> it was a lot of work, and they have been. They have been absolutely I mean, they're just stacked full of people all the time. We have tutors using them. We had like a mini HOA meeting, I think, last night that came in. They only needed like 10 people. They could fit in the bigger one. Hmm. Um, and so it's it's exciting to see. We have for years, the entire time I've been here, do you guys have a study? Like it's yeah. constantly, and we're like, well, you can go to a dark corner <laughs> of the library where it's quiet or you can rent one of the big, big rooms like this one. Who wants to study in a room that's you right. know, yeah. for 150 people? Mm-hmm. Um, and so finally being able to check that off of the patron wish list is a big deal for us. Um, and also that the construction is done is also a big deal for us. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot. It was it was a lot that we did. We did a lot in our children's room. That was really exciting. We added a bathroom um, in the children's room which is every time someone had to go to the bathroom, you had to pack up everything to go to the lobby because you don't want to send your kids, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, they also added a room that's specifically for, um, it's we call it the nursing calming room. So mothers can nurse anywhere, you know, but if they'd like to have that space, they can. We also have a lot of kids with sensory issues. Mm-hmm. And I love our children's room, but it's like color, bright, mm-hmm. yeah. loud, you know. And so some kids just get overwhelmed and there's, there's now a room they have sensory things in there. They can dim the lights and they, they can calm kids down. And that has been a boon for a lot of parents, um, especially if they have kids who are like on the spectrum that really need that space, be able to go in there, get everything taken care of, calm down, and then be able to come back out and, and, and enjoy the library. So that was also a really cool addition. So I, the construction was fantastic. It just, it took a lot. And literally we were supposed to start, they were going to start on the Monday of the Dr. King holiday. And it snowed. Yep. 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 And I think we were close. And so it was like, we're never, this is not a good, this is a bad omen <laughs> for this big getting done, but it did. And it's, it's been a really exciting. And like in, in our branch location, some of the, the renovations that they did, we, we renovated three or four during COVID. I think Dallas, Stanley, Mount Holly, and our Ferguson branch. We literally were like, we'll just close them down. We're, and we got a lot of them done, but they look, they are beautiful buildings and they look really, really fantastic. Um, particularly Stanley, they had to gut the entire interior of that branch and reroute like all the HVAC and everything. It took forever, but the end product is really, really nice. And um, in that community, it's just, it's, you walk in, you're like, whoa, you know, it's neat. Um, so that's exciting. Yeah, it's one of those things that's weird to think about. It's like taking advantage of, of quote unquote, opportunities that the pandemic provided. Like, I mean, the library and, you know, with public works, I mean, definitely did that. Yep. Again, it, it was a, you know, not obviously we would never look back at it fondly no. <laughs> those two years, no, no, but no. Um, there were some great opportunities that came out of that. Um, and, and like I said, that was a big one being able to get. And we figured that would take five, six years because we would do one at a time. So being able to just knock them all out at one time really, really helped speed up that process. Um, because our former director really made that her mission of we are going to have newer looking spaces. So, and she retired literally like 
not long after they were completed. It's kind of like the kind of like the Miss Hefner. She got the building built and she was ready to right. go. I think Laurel's like, <laughs> I did it. Uh, yeah, it's time for <laughs> Susan to come in and, and take over. So, um, yeah, that was the the several positives. <laughs> several positives. We also did not have a COVID outbreak here at the library. We had like one or two people, but we never had like the massive outbreak. Oh, that's fantastic. Wow. You might be the only, de- well, I think our department didn't, but we're so small that like <laughs> it's hard for us to have an outbreak. It's like, oh, you have two people. What do you do? <laughs> that's not an outbreak. Um, but yeah, right. I mean, I think you guys are maybe the only ones that didn't. didn't. Yeah. And we, especially in our section, we have like 16 people sharing a very small space running in and out all the time. I'm like, there's no way. Either we had it and we were all, yeah, you know, we didn't know it because we weren't, you know, but um, we never had, we had a few in- incidences, but nothing crazy. That was, that was nice. I, I had nightmares of like my entire staff being wiped out, Oh, you know, and then I'm like, it's just me on the desk by yeah. myself. I, it, I had the, those thoughts and, and um, we never had to do that. that was I good. mean, stay vigilant. The budget department had our outbreak like two weeks ago. Really? Yeah, three out of six of us. Oh wow! Got it. Well, all what, at once. In February, we didn't have a not February in October. We didn't have the we had, everyone got tested, but there was that upper respiratory crud thing yes. that was going around. Yeah. Yep. We had about nine or ten staff members and two volunteers that, that got it. Yeah, it didn't knock us out like COVID, but it was it was rough. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely stay vigilant, everybody. <laughs> I feel like you guys got it at like the best possible time for budget, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if there if there was a way that we could have timed all getting sick with COVID. We we timed it well. Yeah, yeah. Because like if that had happened in like April, yeah, that would have been chaos. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, we would have been. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what we would have done. Matt's <laughs> hair would be a lot more gray. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because mm-hmm. we'd be putting him back to a lot of budget use since that's his background. <laughs> You're on deck, right? Yeah. Pretty much. That's so funny. have you had one particular episode for the two of you that, that has stood out as like your favorite or one that has been the most popular or, or anything kind of as you've gone along in the podcast that's kind of surprised you that you didn't expect? I know that's like three different unique questions <laughs> all wrapped into one, but, you know, I'm just doing a brain dump here. Um, probably one of the my favorite episodes is, would be one of our We're Booked Up ones. And it was probably our... The one we did in February of this year for a book called um, Bringing Down the Duke. None of us really liked it. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it, we were all a little like punch drunk that day. So we were a little off the rails and we ha- I had to edit out a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but we had a lot of fun recording it. I like yeah. the one we did. Um, last year we did like our Christmas book. We were like, we always asked the question, who would you cast like for the characters? Mm-hmm. And it just went off the rails. And there was this one older character, and both and Kendall said, "I thought he was going to die on the bench." Yeah. There was like this scene where he like falls asleep on the bench, out in the snow, you know, in this Christmas village. And she's like, "I thought he was going to like, I thought he was going to die." And then we were casting people, and I was like, "You know, Ed Astor would be great for that." And he literally <laughs> had died like two days before. I'm like, "This is all," but it ended up being a hilarious episode. It was so much fun. But yeah, we I, I love Kendall's really great, and and when we go off the rails again, I think we're funny. I hope other people think we're funny. <laughs> Maddie, our our uh, social media extraordinaire here at the library, she thinks we're funny. I always give her a shout out because she's like, "That was so funny." I'm like, "Okay, good. One person, yeah, yeah one person <laughs> to laugh." Um, I always enjoy our our Oscar and Emmy ones, um, just but that's just because poor Angelique should just be like. All right, and on to the next category because then I just go. But yeah. I always enjoy those just because it's it's something that's a personal thing that I always enjoy because I'm I'm such a film and television buff. But being able to share that and make it a part of what you do, I love when you're able to take something that you love in your personal life and it can be something that has a positive impact on your professional life. Oh so yeah, that's awesome. It's always fun. Um, 
yeah, that poor that poor breaking down the Duke. There was like 15 minutes in there she had to edit out. Yeah. It went it went awry. It, yeah. went, it went down a left field. So, so you're saying that you didn't like send that episode to like that author's publicist? No. <laughs> no. There have been several. We we think James Patterson's going to come down on us pretty hard because yeah. yeah. we've read two of his and we uh, we hated them. And they oh. make for really great, by the way. Because if everyone likes the book, it's actually not as fun. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, that part was great. Right. right. Yeah. So it was we we read these two. James Patterson ones that he wrote with a guy named J.D. Barker, and they're like horror light, and and we just tore them to shreds. Did not like I him. feel like James Patterson's gotten to the point in his career where it's like, I've written all the books I want to write, now I'm just kind of throwing my name on projects, like the stuff he did with Bill Clinton, and it's basically like, I just am in it for the money at this point. Literally, I think <laughs> the only books he still writes are his the Alex Cross series that was really popular mm-hmm. uh, for a long time. They made it into several movies. I know Tyler Perry played in the last one. Um, almost everything else, he like helps out with but it's his co-author that's doing all the work right yeah Yeah. i give him credit because a lot of those authors i mean bill clinton didn't everyone knew who he was but a lot of these authors were authors maybe you didn't know before and because of james patterson now like their books are starting to check out right um but that one needs to stop writing it was was not good no it It was was not not good good. (laughs) we we, we are a little i'm kind of afraid we we did a colleen hoover i don't know if y'all know colleen hoover oh she's huge yes so we did her november 9 because it was our november podcast Mm -hmm. We were not kind. I'm afraid we the TikTok, like uh, the because the, she's she's one of those that she published for years and no one really knew who she was. And then she got on social media, Instagram, TikTok and really exploded. She's like, like the number one most followed author on Goodreads. Her books last year sold, sold more than like the Bible and some of those that are like she always outsold James Patterson. She outsold James <laughs> Patterson. Um, we, yeah, I hope she doesn't listen to that podcast. We were not kind. Again, <laughs> though, it was a hilarious podcast. Like it's yeah. fun to listen to, even if it's it's that book was bad. Yeah, I used I used to work in TV in Eastern North Carolina, and so on our morning show, we had we would book different people on the last hour, and so we would do like you know musical guests or or authors or whatever, and we had Nicholas Sparks on because he lives out there, right? And um, people are like so excited, they're like Nicholas Sparks, like we love his stuff, and it's you know I've never actually read any of his books, but I know a lot of people like him. Um, but people are like, what was he like? And I'm like. We had him on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one that apparently in real life is, is definitely not the same as what you read. Oh. Yeah. Well, what's the famous one is, uh, you know, Andy Griffith, family, apparently he lived in Mania all those years. And the people of Mania hated him. <gasps> he was awful. He was mean. He was apparently a raging alcoholic. It's like, Aww. I know, it kind of ruins the so. so people, I know. I'm yeah. sorry. I just ruined your childhood, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But uh, so yeah, sometimes uh, what do they say? Don't meet your heroes. Sometimes yeah. right. don't meet your heroes. Um, we actually do have a lot of great authors coming. I don't think we've had too many issues with any of those. We've had some really great people. Yeah. Um, and we have a few coming up. Mary Alice Monroe is a big one that's coming back. She writes a lot of beach reads. She's coming up this summer, and that will bring a crowd. Yeah. There'll yeah. be like 150 people in here. Um, we'll be packed out. So that's always fun. We got to interview Beth Macy when she came. Oh, she, that was awesome. For her Raising Lazarus tour, that was one of my favorite episodes that we got to do. It was fantastic. And it just tied in so perfectly. We'd already had a bunch of conversations about like Jem's new medication assisted treatment programs for opioid addiction. We've been kind of following this thread. And so it was cool to get to talk to her because she's had such a big cultural impact. Oh, on, definitely. You know, how we think about harm reduction and all of this other kind of stuff. I got to go to her. Her, Were you guys there? I got to go to the, the thing at Gaston College. Oh, yeah. Did. yeah. That was so that was so awesome. And then she said. And then, like, the next night she was going to be at the White House. And then the next night she was going to be on, like, you know, <laughs> CBS Evening News talking right. about something. Yeah. I'm like, it, it just, oh, but you pit stopped here. She was just so real. Like, she's she, such an honest and, like, down-to-earth speaker. Yeah. 
And that book actually features Gaston County a little bit, which yeah, is really, really yeah, cool. I didn't know that branch one. Ministries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was, that was really cool. Yeah, she was great. She was great. And that series, if, you have, if you've never yeah, seen. Yeah, Dope Sick, the Hulu show. It's on Hulu, right? Hulu, yeah. yeah. It is fantastic. Yeah. Well, it's got Michael Keaton, which I love just about anything Michael Keaton's. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got to talk about because it, it won. he won the Emmy for that role. So that yeah. was one we got to talk about. I kept saying, I'm like, it sounds depressing, but go ahead and, and do it. And apparently yeah. she mentioned in that talk at Gaston College, she's like, she's already talking to Danny Strong, her, her showrunner, about raising Lazarus. So I'm mm-hmm. excited to see, mm-hmm. see it. Maybe they'll film here. That'd be cool. Yeah. That would be cool. cool. Speaking of filming here, um, yes. and I do have to go, unfortunately, because I've sorry. got, a, I've got an 11 a.m., um, but our um, webmaster tipped us off that they're filming a indie film here in Gaston County, like other places too, Ooh. but called Mother Couch, and it sounds odd, uh, but it's like it's about a mom that like is dealing with like depression and drug issues and like can't get off the couch. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So the, the couch is not literally the mom. It's about the mom <laughs> being on the couch. Gotcha. Um, but... Ewan McGregor is starring in it. Ooh! So she she ran into him. Literally, she <gasps> she found out that the, where they were filming at her church. Yeah. And like he, he had it, like a trailer set up, and so it's like she got there and she just like sat down and had lunch with the cast and crew and was like just hanging out. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Good so. for Angel. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. She was super excited about it. She's got a picture of her daughter like freaking out on camera, and you can see Ewan McGregor behind her. Oh wow! Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. cool. That's cool. That's awesome. Well, good for Little Gaston County. For- right. For uh, we're not little, we're great county, but good for us for attracting some big names and big stars. That's yeah, fun. they were filming over at Value Village like two weeks ago. That's cool. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we'll go ahead and we'll wrap up. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can listen to the Gaston Speaks podcast at gastonspeakspodbean.com or on your preferred pos- podcasting app. You can listen to Savvy Citizen at savvycitizen.podbean.com or on your preferred podcasting app. Thank you for listening and thank you for being here, y'all. Yeah, Absolutely, thank awesome. you.